Hello, and welcome to the Study Apply Thrive podcast. I am Vita Cash, your host. I am the co-pastor and first lady at Flow Church. This podcast is called Study Apply Thrive because we know that when we study and apply the word of God that we can thrive in any and every area of life. So go ahead and grab your Bible, your tea, a beautiful pen and a journal, and let's get into the word. I'm about to play for you a recording of the last brilliant women's ministry that I ministered at Flow Church, and it's all about vision boards. But more importantly than the mechanics of the board itself, this teaching is about how to sit before the Lord to find out what should go on that vision board. We want you to sit before the Lord and just allow him to download dreams and visions and insight and all the things that he wants you to accomplish during this season. So go ahead and get your things and let's get into the word of God. everybody and welcome to Brilliant Women. Happy 2022. I felt like we haven't been, I feel like (laughs) we haven't been together in a long time and I miss you ladies so much. But one thing I want you to know is that I've been thinking about you. I have been praying for you. I have believed, I believe God with you and for you, for all of your dreams and all of your goals and for your marriages, for your household, for your children, for your career, for your finances, for your health, for your family, for your vacations, for your hobbies, for everything that God put in your heart. I am believing God with you and I am so excited about the word. We're going to be talking about vision boards today and it's going to be really, really good. But before we do that, let's just pray. And we haven't had corporate worship in a while. Just lift up your hands before the Lord right there in your home, in your living room, your dining room. I pray that you are not in your car watching this. If you're in your car, you're listening to this. You're not actually watching it. And just begin to worship God because he is so worthy of our praise and of our worship. We just adore him we love him we just glorify him we magnify his name there is no god like our god he is the only true and living god his word is alive his spirit lives on the inside of us and we're just so excited to be in his presence on tonight let's pray Father, in the name of Jesus, God, we just come before you collectively, God, all over this country, Father. We have designated this place and this time is the time that we will meet you. And God, because we know that you are here with us, Father, we ask that you move by your mighty power, Lord God. Father, anyone who's in need of healing, we ask that you heal. Anyone who's in need of resources, we ask that you provide. Anyone who's in need of peace, we ask that you give peace like only you can, God. Peace that pass all understanding. Father, open up our hearts and our minds to hear and understand your word, God, and then anoint our ability to obey and to do so that we can have great harvest in our lives. And God, we thank you for it now in the name of Jesus. Amen. 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 Well, if this is your very first time being with us, welcome to Flow Church. Welcome home. My husband, is the amazing senior pastor of our church. I am am the co-pastor and first lady, and we are so happy that you are here. There are hosts and guests there in the chat ready to greet you. If you have a prayer request, you can hit the button that says prayer and they can pray with you or answer any of your questions. You'll sometime during the service today see a button that says connect with us floating by. Click on that button. Give us your information so we can stay in contact with you. We promise we won't harass you, but we will send you encouraging messages. We'll send you text messages to encourage you and lift up your day. You just make sure that you're aware of when our services are happening. Okay, so how's your January been going? 
my January has been absolutely fantastic. Although I've been believing for healing for a couple of people and I've been praying with people about that. Personally, I have spent so much time in the presence of the Lord because just like all of you, hopefully all of you, I'm doing the Be Still Challenge and I'm telling you, just having that intentional time in the presence of the Lord has been life-changing. In addition to that, I have been setting new boundaries and honoring those boundaries. I have been doing a social media fast. So I have absolutely no idea what's going on with any of you unless I have personally talked to you or text with you or something like that. If you put it on social media, I have no idea. So if you had a baby, congratulations. If you got engaged for New Year's Eve, congratulations, hallelujah. We happy for that. If you bought a new house, praise the Lord. If you quit your job, hallelujah, provisions are there for you. If you're building a new business, we're so happy for that. If you got a new dog, oh, he's so cute. If you got a kitten, oh, look at her. He's so cute. I mean, all the things that I mean, happened for you this year. I'm not on social media right now, so I don't know, but I am so thrilled that God is present in your life and that he's blessing. And I know that he will continue to do that. And before I get into the word, I want you to do one thing for me. If you have a cell phone near you, I want you to take a selfie and I want you to post it on social media. Just because I'm not on there doesn't mean the other million people aren't on there. And go ahead and take a selfie and post it on social media right now and say, I'm at Brilliant Women at Flow Church. Why don't you join me and post the link of live dot flow dash church dot tv again live dot flow dash church dot tv and go ahead and invite all of your social media networks or you can text it to your friends say take a selfie text it to your girlfriend and say girl look at me i'm at church come on and join me and send her the link as well we want as many women in this session as possible because i believe that god's going to speak to you and i believe it's going to help to set the course for this season in your life and i'm saying this season intentionally and not this year because god doesn't need a whole year to do something in your life he doesn't need a whole year to complete something you don't need a whole year to do something so for this season and for so many of you, the goals that you have set already, by the time we get to July or August, you're going to already have uh, mastered those goals. You're going to have achieved those things, and you're going to be ready for more from God. And so I'm not going to limit your success to a 12-year calendar. So I'm going to say this season, because this season for some of you is going to be three months, or some of you is going to be three years, because some of you have a goal of becoming a multimillionaire, and it might take you a couple more than a couple months to get that done, and that's okay. Um, so let's get into the word. So vision boards, every year, especially before COVID, we would do an in-person vision board party because I firmly believe that there's proof in the word of God that there's a connective relationship between what you see on a regular basis and what manifests in your life. And there isn't always an opportunity for you to go and drive to the house that you want to buy three times a day or three times a week. You may not have an opportunity to go to the building that you want the headquarters for your building, but for, for your business to be in. It may not be prudent for you to go to labor and delivery and just peek in on the babies. Can you still do that? I don't think you can still do that, but you know what I'm saying. Um, for you to do that. And so what a vision door, board, door, what a vision board does, it is allows you to have in your presence, in your person, in your house, a visual of what you're believing God for. And we see so many examples in the word of God giving men and women of God vision or giving them something to focus on to remind them of his promises. And I'm not going to spend more than two minutes talking about the mechanics of a vision board. 
y'all don't need me for that. Y'all can go on Google and find out how to actually make a vision board. But what I want to give you is the word behind it, because everything that you and I do as women of faith, as brilliant women who are full of wisdom and illuminating the light of Christ, we have to do everything from a word perspective. We don't have the luxury or the convenience of sometimes doing things by the word and then sometimes doing things like society or the world. We have to have a full commitment. Everybody say commitment. Write that on your paper, commitment. You have to have a full commitment to being a woman of faith and doing everything based on the word of God. So I'm going to take my two minutes to talk about how to make this vision board. Then we're going to move on to the to, to the word, the, the bulk of what we want to talk about tonight. So in the past, I've done physical vision boards. I used to use poster board, then I graduated from poster board, and I would use a frame. Pastor Russell bought me a huge frame, and he bought me wooden letters that spelled out vision, and I painted those letters black, and I would put my pictures on it, more, kind of like a cork board um, that, that had a beautiful frame around it. And then I moved away, and with that, all you do, you take poster board, take a cork board, take a bulletin board, get a picture frame, whatever you want, physical thing, the size that you want, whatever you want, you go to a magazine, you clip out some pictures of things that resonate with you or things that reflect the goals that you and God have agreed to for this year. You take those pictures, you take some paste or you take a stapler or you take a thumbtack, you put it on the board and there you have it. You put that board up in a place that you can see it on a regular basis so that you can have a daily reminder of what you and God are going to achieve during this season. Option number two, this is something I did last year, is an electronic vision board. I hope y'all can see this. I did an electronic vision board last year and I just went online and I got royalty free. Everybody say royalty free. I got royalty free pictures and I copied them and pasted them onto my electronic vision board. And every morning when I would open up my iPad, so I use my iPad pretty much every day. And I'm only saying, I, I usually don't say name brands, but is there another, another tablet out there? If it is, put in the chat so I can know what other tablets even exist. And so I didn't have to go through the process of looking through magazines and cutting things out. I just did it on my iPad. And this also allowed me to have it on my phone because the two were synced. And so wherever I was, I always had my vision board with me. And so you could do a physical vision board or you can do an electronic vision board. Both have the same biblical principle. One is not better than the other. It's the difference between having a paper Bible and electronic Bible, between having a paper book and an, an e-book. It truly is just about your preference. Okay, that's it. We're done with that part. Okay, <laughs> so now let's get into the word. So what I'm more concerned with is what's going to go on your vision board. Because a lot of times what we do when we're doing a vision board or when we're setting goals for the year or setting goals for the season is we look at everything else that's going on in society. And whatever the trend is in society is what we tend to apply to our own lives. And so if everybody's talking about making more money, then we think we need to make more money. If people are talking about starting a business, we feel the entrepreneurship anointing on our lives. If people are talking about coaching, oh, I want to be a coach. People are talking about buying a house or flipping houses. Oh, that's what I want to do. People are now having social media pages for their dogs and cats. Well, that's what I'm going to do. And I'm not, y'all know I got a puppy baby, a fur baby that I love so much. And you see him on my Instagram page more than you see my, my, my human children. So I'm not opposed to those puppy pages at all. That was not a jab at all. Um, I'm one of the people who peeks at your pages. But we tend to get 
um, our ideas about our life from the world. But we as women of faith can't do that. We have to be willing to sit before the Lord and hear from God what he would have us do in this season. Because one thing that God will do, he will tell you what, he will tell you why, and he will tell you how. And without having that insight from God, we'll begin to create a life that is very flashy and very impressive to other people. But remember what the Bible says in the book of Matthew, when you stand before the Lord, God may say, depart from me, you worker of iniquity. I never knew you or I never came into an uh, approving a relationship with you because you were doing a lot of good stuff. You were doing a lot of impressive stuff, but it was something that I never told you to do. And so as women of faith, we have to be sure that everything that we're doing lines up with God's word and not just lines up with God's word, but lines up with God's will for our personal lives. Like somebody heard from the Lord and said, have seven children. And that's a godly thing. That's a good thing. That is a blessed thing. But that is absolutely not what God said to me and Pastor Russell. He did not tell us to have seven children. So if we were to try to have seven children, we would be out of the will of God. Even though there's nothing wrong biblically with having children, there's nothing wrong physically with having seven children, but there's something wrong emotionally and mentally for me and Pastor Russell to have seven children. There are some of you who can handle that, but if I was trying to keep up with what other people were doing, I might feel pressured to do that because it seems like a good thing or buying another house seems like a good thing or starting a business seems like a good thing or getting married seems like a good thing, but we can't do things because they seem good. We can't do things because they seem impressive. We can't do things because it'll be very inspirational to other people. We have to, as women of faith, as brilliant women, be willing to only do the things that God tells us to do. So open up to Proverbs chapter 14. And if you've been to any women's ministry event, you know that almost at every event, almost, I go to the book of Proverbs because Proverbs is full of so much wisdom. And we are Proverbs women around here. And there are two, so we're going to go to Proverbs 14 and Proverbs 25. I'm sorry, Proverbs 16, Proverbs 14 and Proverbs 16. And there's a verse in these two chapters that is almost identical. The, the wording is almost identical. And when God says something twice, he really wants to get our attention. And so I want you to take note of this. In Proverbs chapter 14, uh, verse 12, it says, there is a way that seems right unto a man, a way that seems right unto a man, but the end thereof are the ways of death. Now turn over to Proverbs 16 and 25. It says, there is a way that seems right to a man, but the end thereof are the ways of death. And so we can't live our lives. We can't create vision boards. We can't set goals based on what seems right. Oh, it seems right that I should give $10,000 to this organization. It seems right that I should open up my home and allow people to come and live with me. It seems right that I should just give my last dollar to this person because that's what I would want somebody to do for me. It seems right that I should lose weight. It seems right that I should gain weight. It seems right that I should start a business. It seems right that I should go back to school and get my doctorate degree. It seems right that I should get my master's degree. It seems right, it seems right, it seems right. Well, the Bible says there's a way that seems right. 
to man, but the end thereof is death. And if you look at verse 26 of chapter 16, it says, he that laboreth, laboreth for himself, for his mouth craveth it of him. It says when you do your life, when you're living life because you're doing things that always seem right and you don't check in with God to see if that's what God has for you, it says that you're laboring for yourself, that God doesn't get any glory out of that, that you're not doing it for God. Even if you tell everybody else, the book of Ecclesiastes says that you can convince everybody else, but you and God know the truth. You can convince everybody else that this is for God. You can convince everybody else that you're doing this community service in the name of the Lord, that you're doing this in the name of the Lord. Doing, but, but if God never told you to do that, then it seems like a good thing, but you're laboring for yourself. And none of us want to live a life that we're simply laboring for ourselves and we never do things that truly glorify God because we were doing what seemed right and we were doing what seemed impressive and we were doing something that we thought was going to inspire other people and we really want to be a blessing. But if God didn't tell us to do it, then we have to go back and check ourselves and get aligned and centered on what God would have us do. And so during this month, we've been doing the Be Still Challenge. And one of the things that I simply wanted you to do was learn to condition yourself to simply sit before the Lord. Because God is always speaking. God said that he would never leave us and he would never forsake us. If He may, if we make our bed in heaven, he would be there. If we make our bed in hell, he would be there. That there is never a place that we can get to in our lives that God stops speaking to us. And sometimes our lives are so so noisy that we can't hear God, but it's not that he's not speaking. And so I wanted to challenge you to develop the life habit of just being still and knowing that he's God, that you're not praying, that you're not singing, that you're not journaling, that you're not listening to music. You're just being still and being quiet before the Lord. Because those are going to be the moments that he's going to speak to you and begin to give you the direction that you need for your life. Because you and I, the, the days of us patterning our lives after this society are over. And I'm not knocking just this particular society that we live in, any society. We have to model our lives after the things of God, after the kingdom of God. And the way that we're going to do that is by always acknowledging that he's God. It says, be still and know that he is God. And so you can't begin doing this vision board without knowing what God said for you this season. You can't sit down and write the goals without knowing what God has said for you in this season. And so I want to just use Abraham. And at this point, his name is Abram. I want to use Abram as an example for this to show you how powerful our God is and how he gives great vision. And look at verse 12 of Genesis. It says, Now the Lord said unto Abram, Get thee out of that country and from your kindred and from your father's house unto a land that I will show thee. And I will make of thee a great nation and I will bless thee and I will make thy name great and thou shalt be a blessing. And I will bless them that bless thee and curse them that curse thee. And in thee shall all families of the earth be blessed. So here's God talking to Abram. And this is God's first time talking to Abram. Or it's at least the first recording of God talking to Abram in the Bible. And God says to Abram, and his name is Abram at this, time, at this point. His name is going to change to Abraham. He says, get out of your country, away from your friends and family, away from your from from your father's house and to a land that I will show you. 
So God wants him to step away from the society that he knows, step away from the people that he knows, step away from the family. He said, leave his family's house and I'm going to show you some new things about yourself. It sounds like God has given Abram a be still challenge to pull away and sit before the Lord and be silent. Now, if you're a Bible scholar and you would learn this in Joshua chapter 24, we know that at this point in Genesis chapter 12, Abram is not a worshiper of God. He is actually a worshiper of the moon. And it's so powerful that even though he wasn't serving the only true and living God, God said in Jeremiah, before you were even formed in your mother's belly, I knew you and I ordained you a prophet to the land. And so before you were even born, God had ordained something for your life. He had appointed something for your life. And it doesn't matter how you grew up. It doesn't matter who raised you. It doesn't matter how much money that you had or what school you went to or how what kind of education level you have or who your first boyfriend was and all that other stuff. God has a plan for your life. Even if you made the mistake of not worshiping him, even if you fell off from going to church, even if you weren't worshiping like you should, even if you weren't praying like you should, even if you weren't fasting like you should, God will still speak out to you as a moon worshiper. And he'll tell you to leave the moon alone and leave your family alone and leave all of the things in society that influenced you to get to this point in your life. And he's going to now call you and bring you somewhere else. And then he says, and I'm going to make of you a great nation and I'm going to bless you. I'm going to make your name great. Your name is going to be so great that anybody who blesses you, I'm going to bless them. And anybody who curses you, I'm going to curse them. But all of this is contingent upon one thing, Abram's obedience. He didn't want Abram doing something that seemed right. He wanted Abram doing what he told Abram to do. And so then in verse, uh, in verse five, it says, and Abram took Sarah, his wife and Lot, his brother's son and all their substance that they had gathered there and the souls that they had gotten. And wait a minute, God told him to leave his family, his city, his father's house. And Abram said, you know what? I feel like it seems right that I should take a lot with me. It just seems right. We just did this in children's church. <laughs> it seems that I should take a lot with me. It seems like when I buy this house, it's big enough for my family. I'm going to let my niece and nephew come stay here. It seems like I, even though God told me to relocate to Maryland, I, I'm going, I, I'm going to stay in Pennsylvania. It seems like even though this job doesn't feel like it's the right fit for me, I know God told me to take this position, but it seems like there's a better opportunity out here. And so Abram decided that he was going to do his own vision board and he was going to do his own goals, even though God was calling him out of something. And women of God, I want you to absolutely know on tonight, what is today, January 26th, that God is calling you out of some things. He's calling you away from the things that have been holding you back. He's calling you away from the people who have not been celebrating you. He's calling you away from the societal ways that have impacted your self-esteem, had you thinking that you weren't the queen that you are. He's trying to call you away to some things 
things, but the only way you're going to be able to hear his voice, the only way you're going to be able to connect with that is if you're willing to be still before the Lord so that you can get a clear identity of who God wants you to be in this season. And I know last season you may have been something else, but this season God wants you to do something else, be something else, and it's going to take you being responsible and just determined enough to sit before him and then whatever he tells you to do you do it one of my favorite stories in the new testament is jesus's first miracle and mary his mother goes to the wedding at cana and they run out of wine and he uh she tells jesus they're out of wine and jesus literally says to her what's that have to do with me it's not my wedding i wasn't even even invited i came with you now you want me to do what it's not even my time to work miracles she looks at the attendees and says whatever he tells you to do do it and then they give he gives them instruction and he creates the mayor he, he performs the miracle of turning the water into wine it was the best wine that they had ever had because when we obey god whatever he tells us to do when we do it, then we know that we're going to have the fruit that goes along with that obedience. There is always fruit. And women of God, you are designed to be fruitful. You are designed to be prosperous. You are designed to be successful. You are designed to be a finisher, to be an accomplisher. You are anointed for such a time as this to complete and master and totally knock it out of the field. Every single goal and every single vision that God puts on the inside of you you are able to do it but I want you to get your goals I want you to get your vision I want you to get all of that from the word of God I want you to get it from spending time with God not by looking at what other people are doing not by trying to be like the world not the world needs to be looking at towards us for leadership not the other way around you are called to be salt and light in the earth not for you to blend in with the dullness and the blandness of the world system. You're called to be the salt. You're called to be the light. You're called to be like Abram, to be a blessed nation, that your name will be great. And anybody who bless you, God will bless them. And anybody who curse you, God will curse you. But you have to do it God's way. You can't do things that seem right. And so you ladies know the story. She, uh, Abram and Lot go and God says however far your eye can see I give you all this land and God has promised Abram all these great things and then he and Lot and their families get together and the land wasn't enough to support the two families and it wasn't that the land wasn't enough but God will make you uncomfortable in your disobedience. He will make it uncomfortable for you. You'll feel like, why isn't my business taking off? Why isn't my ministry taking off? Why is it so difficult for me and my husband? Why is it so difficult for you know me to do this job? But you have to go back and ask, is this the business that God told me to open? Is this the timing that God told me to do the ministry? Is this the husband that God said for me? And then if it is the husband, did we get married the way that God ordained? Is this the time for me to go back to school? Is this, did you do something that seemed right? And now it feels like it's not working out because that's what happened with Abram and Lot. They're on this land fighting. And finally, finally, Lot and Abram come to agreement. This is not working. Lot says, I'm going to leave. And Abram says, okay, Lot, you pick which way you want to go and you go that way and I'm going to go the opposite way. And we know because you ladies are Bible scholars that Lot ends up going to Sodom and Gomorrah. And that's a whole nother story of how that went. That did not work out well for him. But when they separated, look at uh, Genesis chapter 13, look at verse 14. 
And it says, And the Lord said unto Abram, after that Lot was separated from him, after Abram got into obedience, after he embraced the instruction that God had for his life, after he was willing to do things God's way, he says, Look up now thine eyes, and look from the place where thou art northward and southward and eastward and westward, for all the land which thou seest, to thee I will give it to thee, give it to thee I will give it, and to thy seed forever. And I will make of thee a seed as the dust of the earth, so that if a man can number the dust of the earth, then shall thy seed also be numbered. And so God says, now look up and see. Now look up and get the vision. Now that we've established the goal, now that we've established the assignment, now that I know that you understand the assignment, I think that's the vernacular that we're saying now, they understood the assignment. Now that Abram understood the assignment, now look up and get some vision to go with your understanding of the assignment. So the vision in the vision board comes after you understand what God wants you to do. The vision board doesn't dictate what you want God to do. You're not asking God to co-sign your plans. You're not asking God to co-sign what you seen, what you believe is right. You're not asking God to co-sign your goals. You're receiving the goals. You're receiving the, the dreams. You're receiving the instruction from God. And then God himself gives you a vision. He says, now look up, look up at the stars. When you look up at the stars, and when you can look at down at the sand, if you can number those stars and number that sand, that's how blessed you're going to be. God connects something visual with the instruction that he gave Abraham. And your vision board is going to be a visual connection with the instruction that God has given you. But you have to be willing to get the instruction from God. And there are some people who can't go to the next level with you. There are some people who can't do that. And I've read this quote and I apologize for not knowing um, who said the quote. I read this quote a couple months ago. It says, don't feel bad for people who had the opportunity to grow with you. Nope, I didn't say that right. It says, don't feel bad when you outgrow people who had the opportunity to grow with you. That's not my original quote. I read it somewhere, but I can't remember where I read it. But y'all write that down. Don't feel bad for people who had the opportunity to grow with you. Don't feel bad when you outgrow people who had the opportunity to grow with you. There are some people for where God wants to take you in this season that simply cannot go with you. It doesn't mean that you cut them off altogether, but that every day checking in and that every week checking in, that season is over. There are some people that they had the same opportunity to come to church with you. They had the opportunity to get the word like you. They had the opportunity to go to the gym with you. They had the opportunity to go to therapy like you. They had the opportunity to save money like you. They had the opportunity and chose to not do it. And so now it is not your ministry assignment to bring them along with you to the new level that God is taking you to because it seems right. God said, let them be there. And when they have the opportunity and when they take the initiative and when they see that it's important enough, they'll look towards me and get some direction from me. But in the meanwhile, you go and do what I told you to do. And this is what Abram had to do because Lot gets in trouble when he's in Sodom and Gomorrah and Abraham comes back to help Lot. He comes back to help him. And so it's not like, hey, I got mine. You got yours to get. You got yours, but God still may speak to you to go back and help them. But you let God speak to you and tell you to do it. You don't drag them along because they may stop you from getting to the promises of God. And so 
now God gives him this visual. And so what I want you to do is develop such a passion and such a desire to hear from God that you are willing to sit for as long as you need to sit before you do those vision boards and before you write those goals. It is January 26th and I have not written a single goal for the year. I have not done a vision board for the year. I have some plans for women's ministry that God anointed and gave me at the end of last year. But for me personally, I wanted to just spend the whole first year of the whole first month of this season just spending time with God just allowing God to show me some things and let me tell you some things he showed me I've worked out every day this year haven't done that in 99 years I'm not even 99 years old I've worked out every single day this year I have eaten clean every single day this year I have read three books this month already leisure books y'all not not even self-help bible book three leisure books this year i have already done a trip <laughs> a vacation trip uh i have cleaned out closets i have spent quality time with my husband and children it has been an amazing month and that was without a goal that was without a goal. That was with me sitting still before the Lord and allowing the Lord to lead me every day. And every day he was saying, get in the gym and work out. Every day he was saying, don't eat that. You don't need that. Put, put that down. Every day he was saying, your loved ones are right there with you. Put your phone down and spend time. Stop, stop spending time with people who aren't there and neglecting the people who are there, which is why I'm on the social media fast. And that was all without a goal. You don't necessarily need a written goal to hear from the Lord, but when you hear from the Lord, he'll give you goals for your life. He will tell you exactly what to do. He will tell you why to do it, and he will tell you how to do it just by you spending time with him. So now flip over to uh, Corinthians, 1 Corinthians. This is good to me. Is this good to y'all? I hope this is blessing y'all. Oh boy. First Corinthians 2. Because you might be thinking, well, if I can't do things like the world, what am I supposed to do? And I'm so glad you asked. First Corinthians 2, verse 9 says, But as it is written, I have not seen nor ear heard neither have it entered into the heart of man the things which God hath prepared for them that love him. You know what that says? I have no idea what my goals are. <laughs> I have no idea what I'm supposed to be doing. I have no idea what my purpose is. I have no idea what this season holds for me. It says, I haven't seen, I haven't seen anything. Ears haven't heard, I haven't heard anything. I haven't seen, I, I do not understand the assignment nor has it entered into my heart. I haven't had any dreams. I haven't had any osmosis. I have no clue what I'm supposed to do. What God has prepared for them. So this is a godly person. This is a person who loves the Lord. So get it out of your head that when you love God, you know everything. Just stop telling that lie to yourself. Loving God does not mean you automatically know everything. Well, I just know I didn't feel a, anything in my spirit. Sometimes you're not going to feel anything in your spirit. God has not given you the litmus test. He, you're not the, the judge and jury when everything about the kingdom because you love God. So here's this person. He's saying this is um, quoting from Isaiah, the prophet Isaiah. He says, I haven't seen, ear hasn't heard, hasn't even entered into my heart what God has prepared for them who love him. Verse 10 says, but... God hath revealed them unto us by his spirit, for the spirit searches, searches all the things, yea, the deep things of God. For what man knoweth the things of a man, save the spirit which 
the spirit of a man which is in him. Even so, the things of God knoweth no man, but the spirit of God. So it's saying, I haven't seen anything. I haven't heard anything. I don't understand the assignment. I love God, but right now my paper is blank. My journal is blank. My, my goal sheet is blank. My vision board is blank. It says that God's going to reveal those things to you by his spirit. So it's going to take you spending time in fellowship with the Holy Spirit and fellowship with the Spirit of God. Again, you going back to sitting still, you going back to being still before you pick out magazines, before you go online and pull those royalty free pictures, before you do that, have you sat before the Lord or are you just pulling out your goals from 2021 and dusting them off? Some of those goals, you didn't complete them because God never told you to do them. Some of them you didn't complete because you weren't diligent in your obedience. But some of those things simply didn't happen because God never told you to do it. God did not tell you to start that business. God did not tell you to marry that man. God did not tell you to dye your hair purple. God did not tell you to do that. Nothing wrong with purple hair. Purple is my favorite color. Using that as an example. Everybody out there has purple hair. God bless you. Send me a picture on Instagram. And when I get back on, I'll see it. Not knocking that, but I'm just saying, making a point that you have to be sure as a woman of God that everything that you're doing is what God has told you because he wants to reveal some things to you through his spirit. And you have the ability to hear from God. Don't let anybody tell you you can't hear from God. Well, I'm not like Pastor Vita. I can't hear from God. You can hear from God just like I can hear from God. You can hear from God just like anybody else can hear from God. You have the ability to hear from God. God wants to talk to you. He wants to speak to you. He wants to show you dreams. He wants to show you vision. He wants to do all of that stuff. And you, woman of God, have the absolute ability to receive all that God has for you. Just say that right now. I can hear from God. Say it every day. I can hear from God. And then I want you to change it to, I do hear from God. I will hear from God today. I heard from God today. I heard from when you lay down at night. I heard from God today. When you get up in the morning, I will hear from God today. During the day, during lunchtime, I'm hearing from God today. God wants to speak to you. And so now you're moving into the season of I'm not going to come up with my own goals to now I want to just get before the Lord and I'm going to put some goals down. Now, you might not have solid goals until March, but that's okay because if you're getting up every day, spending time with God, God's going to tell you exactly what to do that day. And you may begin to see a pattern, not realizing that he had you moving towards a destination that you had, that he had you going towards a goal and you didn't realize it. Think about, uh, oh, let's turn there. Keep your finger there. Jeremiah 29, Jeremiah 29, Jeremiah 29. Is it Jeremiah 29? Yes. Verse 11. Jeremiah 29 verse 11 says, For I know the thoughts that I think towards you, saith the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you an expected end. God has an expected end for you. That was Jeremiah Jeremiah. 29 and 11. He has an expected end for you. So even if you never write down the goals, and I'm a big advocate for writing down goals. I want you to write them down, but I want you to write down what God said, not just what you want or not what you thought seemed right. But if you have a habit of spending time with God every day, 
Even in the absence of the goals, God will tell you every day what you need to be doing. And then you'll be able to look back from week to week and see, oh, I see God has a goal for me to lose weight because every day he told me to eat right. Every day he told me to work out. Every day he told me to drink water. Every day he told me to connect with my friend who's a workout fanatic. Every day he told me, oh, the goal is lose some weight. Okay, every day when I was trying to get on Amazon, order those packages, my computer kept crashing. My phone, okay, God wants me to stop buying stuff from Amazon every day. Goal number two, stop buying stuff from Amazon, save money. You know, even you, we have gotten so conditioned to, we have to do things. I have to write goals. I have to figure it out. I have to do this. I have to do that. Instead, we need to allow God to lead us. I think Pastor Russell said it just like that on Sunday to lead us so that we can do what God will have us to do in this season. Okay, last uh, verse for tonight is Luke chapter 14. I hope this is blessing you ladies. I'm excited for your vision boards because I know they're going to be so powerful because everything on that board is going to be God ordained. Every single thing on that board is going to be what God has said to you. Okay, Luke chapter 14 and look at verse 28. It says, for which of you intending to build a tower sitteth not down first and counteth the cost, whether he be sufficient to finish it. So you've gotten, you pulled away from society. You know that God is calling you out of some things, you know. And for this season, God is calling me to do something different Something, it doesn't even have to be something better, just something different. God is calling me out away from people who are not encouraging me. He's calling me out of environments that are not feeding me, they're not healthy for me. And then by his spirit, even though I don't know, I haven't seen, I haven't heard, I don't understand. By his spirit, God wants to reveal some things to me. So now God's beginning to reveal some things to me. I'm beginning to see some things. I'm beginning to see some patterns. I'm beginning to understand the goal. I'm beginning to understand the assignment. I'm beginning to put it all together. And now that I'm at that point that I'm beginning to see some things, I want you to do verse 28 here. Now that you see it, you know that you're supposed to build a tower. You know, you're supposed to lose weight. You know, you're supposed to uh, start a business. You know, you're supposed to go back to school. You know, you're supposed to get married. You know, you're supposed to break up. You know, yeah, sometimes you need to break up. Yeah, praise the Lord. You know that you're supposed to spend more time with your family. You know, you're supposed to reconnect with your girl. Now that you know what the tower is, whatever the tower, where it says build a tower, whatever God told you to do, you know you're supposed to do it. He says, who doesn't sit down first? Now that you know, sit down. So you started with sitting down to get the vision. Now you have the vision to go sit down again and think about all of the things that it takes. That's when you begin to do the plan. Now that you know where God wants to take you, then you begin to pray about the plan. How am I going to do this? I'm not going to lose 20 pounds by just drinking juice and tea for 20 days. That's not what God has for me because that's not healthy for me. And God's not going to take me somewhere to jeopardize a part of who I am. God wants me to arrive whole spirit, soul, and body. He wants me whole spiritually, intellectually, physically, socially, and financially. God wants me whole. So that's not how I'm going to do it. Okay. It can't be the cake diet. Tried that before. That didn't work. It can't be the pizza diet. That didn't work either. Oh, it's this particular diet. Let me sit down and count the cost. How often will I need to go to the grocery store? 
Well, do I need to clean out my pantry? Do I need an accountability partner? Do I need a, a, a what a calorie counting app? Do I need what is the card? Now you're beginning to fill in some of the details that God has given you permission to fill in. He's given you the big goal and now you're filling it in. So now what goes on your vision board? All of the elements that go along with that plan. Uh, if building a tower for you is building a new home, where am I going to build it? What size home do I want? Do I want a colonial? Do I want a ranch house? Do I want a rambler? Do I want a split foyer? Do I want a townhouse? What is God saying to me? Okay, what is the cost associated with that? Buying a new car. Okay, do I want an electric car? Do I want a gas car? Do I want a midsize? Do I want a small? How much do I want to spend in gas? How much can I afford to spend in gas and still be able to give and still be able to tithe and still be able to save? Okay, so that means I have to get this kind. Now you're sitting down and you're counting the cost. And those are the type of elements that go on your vision board. I want to build relationships. Okay, those relationships didn't work. Why didn't those relationships work? The common denominator was me. What's wrong with me? Let me fix me. Let me figure out what I need to do differently. Okay, now I figured that out. Now, how am I going to build new relationships? Do I need to mend relationships? Do I owe anybody an apology? Do I need to forgive anybody? Then you're beginning to count the cost so that you can be sure that you are sufficient to do it. Now, remember that anything that God begins in you, he's going to finish it in you. The lady over in Proverbs 14 and 16, it says that she was working for herself. And because she was working for herself, it was totally her responsibility to start, maintain and finish that project. But when you are doing something for the glory of God, God will give you the start and he'll give you everything you need to be obedient to maintain. And then he will not only get you to the finish line, but the Bible says that he'll go above and beyond what you think. It said exceeding abundantly above what you could even ask or think. So you'll think that the end goal is going to be this, but God will take you even further to something else because you did it his way. You didn't do what seemed right to you. You did it absolutely his way. And so here is the point that you start this vision board. When you get to the process in Luke 14, I've heard from God. I've pulled away from everything else. I've heard from God. He's spoken to my spirit and revealed to me what I'm supposed to do. Now I'm counting the cost and I'm ready to put some things on paper. And I promise you, women of God, if you do this process, you will see yourself as a finisher this year. You will be able to be an accomplisher this year. And the things that you have on your vision board won't be something that you'll feel like, oh, this is so impressive. I can't wait to share it for everybody else. It will still be impressive, but you won't care about who sees it because you know that it's something that God spoke just to you. And he may put some things on there that don't make sense to anybody but you. It might be that uh, the whole time you were a child, all you ever wanted was a Cabbage Patch doll. And you never got that Cabbage Patch doll, but now they're back in, in circulation and retail and you're going to go get a Cabbage Patch doll. And to everybody else, that seems totally crazy, but to you, it's meaningful because it's connected with a childhood dream that you never got a chance to fulfill. It might seem insignificant to others, but that's how God, he goes in and he fills in every void. We never outgrow God's ability to fill every void in our lives, anything that we're lacking, anything that we need, because he is our God. He comes in and he fills up 
everything. He's Jehovah Jireh, the God who sees and gets involved. And he won't leave any part of you broken. He won't leave any part of you missing. To be at peace means to have nothing missing and nothing broken. He is Jehovah Shalom, the one who allows nothing to be missing and broken in your life. So I want you to continue being still. We have another couple of days in January, but you might get to February and say, you know what? I still don't understand the assignment. Let me be still a little bit longer. And whatever God tells you to do, you do it. You pull away from your country, from your, for anything, be like Abram in uh, Genesis chapter 12. Anything that God tells you to pull away from, you do it. And you stay in a vein of obedience. And I cannot wait to hear about your vision boards. I can't wait to hear about how your life is being changed. And let's just make this a year of intentional time with God. 